If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want to coach and tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubenville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in Pod Studio One in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Says it on my coffee cup. We now have official coffee cups, thanks to Carl Huber and, and the Pod Studio One support staff right here. Yes. In beautiful Murfreesboro. As always, to the right, in his uniform, like we expect him to show yep. up here, running in right on time, Goat Turf, the CEO, founder of the Goat family of brands, my good friend, Tyler Burnett. He's looking a little extra puffy or hey, Well, he's been working out with JR in the mornings. Probably yes. started a new business since we were here last. <laughs> well, since we were here in the last five minutes. <laughs> Pools and, and duck blinds. We'll deer, talk about that. Deer. Deer. Sorry. <laughs> Wildlife. God, you blew it already. And the calming force, the uh, the LinkedIn whisperer right here to the left. <laughs> uh, we'll do a podcast at that. Uh, all the way from Brentwood, John. John Byers. John, thanks for being here with Good us to today. Be here. Love the in- insight and energy you both bring. We started this thing because, you know, I just got sick of saying to myself, we, we have great conversations over the phone. We need to record them. And so this is it. This is us recording them. And I appreciate you guys taking the time to be here today. We certainly thank the listener, you, uh, the viewer, you, to take the time to watch this. We've got a, we've got a great couple of shows uh, for you coming uh, in this batch. And we do batch these things up. We batch them up. We spend the time. We think about them. We put them together. We have meaningful things to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, we serve it up in a way that you can get it. Uh, everybody under the yellow sign at Waffle House is welcome, and uh, we feel like what we put together is sticky content uh, from an earlier episode. We're a quick cast. We're not a Ooh, podcast. That's right. We're a car ride home, a car ride to work, car ride home, and that comes straight from my personal trainer that I got up and saw this morning at 6 a.m., Jordan wow. Williams over there at uh, the MAC, the Murfreesboro Athletic Club. Free plug for them if they're thinking about coming on the show. Um we, we focus on stages of life and stages of career. 20s get in, 30s move up, 40s stay in, and 50s, what the research says, we finally ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? And then the overarching thing developed by the one and only Tyler is the GOAT. The GOAT, the greatest of all time. In sports and in business, it's easy to see. It's those people that are recognized for their contribution, their greatness, their unique perspective, education, experience, but also their ability to elevate others. Or a thing. Or a thing. And that's phone. some foreshadowing, because I have a thing goat today. got a thing mm. today, and it's not your sweater. And no, the, we're going to dare, dare mighty thing. You al- always today. interested to see what – we know what Tyler's going to wear. You yes. know what I'm going to wear. We just always – you bring a little flavor to it. In business, though, it's about people that compete on unique perspective – education and experience and and what they do through what they do it creates new levels of challenges and new levels of opportunity for themselves and for others it gives them energy and it gives other people energy and so what we like to do based on those three ideas of serving it up in a way that you can get it of the stages of life and career and then the goat we focus on one idea 
in our quick cast. Today's idea, today's concept is pretty simple. It's about missed opportunities. Why we miss some mm-hmm. and take others. And you, you had a great you had a great first answer to that when I asked that question to you when I said why do we miss some and take others? And it was pretty it's pretty raw, relevant, real. Mm, well said. What did you say in the midst of all this? Yeah, I mean, I think you just said it's just luck. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes no, it's no, luck. Hold no, on. That's not Were what you he guys said. in the conversation? I, am I the only one that heard this? It was really good. It was good. He said, "How do you even know you miss yeah. opportunities?" Sure. How can you not remember that? <laughs> I just, you know, I get it. You put me on the spot before, so I'm glad. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm glad you messed that up. Like yeah. I have. I mean, I'm you the host. Me. I was you, supposed to remember that. We have to save each other. <laughs> you sounded like Coach life. Pete right there. Was All right. <laughs> Why and how we miss some opportunities and take others? Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a simple question. At the same time, it's super super complex when mm-hmm. you start looking back at the stages mm-hmm. of your life. And all of us are at different stages. And so we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm excited about sharing this goat. And and it describes what you just shared perfectly, uh, with the exception of the thinking back to what Tyler asked. Well, I'll circle back to that because there's a really good point okay. about who missed the opportunity here. But as I was thinking about missed opportunities, I uh, was thinking about, and we just watched this recently the other day, mm-hmm. the movie E.T. Oh. Now, that's not my goat, although it very well could be. At yeah. the time, became the highest grossing film of its time. It beat out Star Wars, Star Spielberg. Wars. Can you can you focus with me here? Well, like I'm just you're, seeing if the goat might are... be in there. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, there is a Reese's cup. Okay. So, thank you, Carl. Nice candy treats there. Yes. So, 1982, ET's about to be filmed. Spielberg himself calls Mars, who was producing M and M's says, hey, we want you to be the feature candy in the movie. And M&M's said no. What? They said no. And so in a scramble, Spielberg not knowing what to do, here he is off of Jaws and Star Wars creating these great films. I mean, like, who would tell him no to be in the movie? Call Skittles. Reese's Pieces called. Was Skittles around then? I don't know. I don't know how the connection got made. If Spielberg called them, they found out, got wind, called Spielberg. Reese's calls. Now, they, now keep in mind, they were a failing brand. Reese's Pieces was going out of business. They, they called Spielberg and they said, we'll give you a million dollars. It's all we can do to be the feature film. Spielberg wrapped his arms around and said, you're in. They go on. The following year saw, again, E.T. was the, the highest grossing movie of its time. Mm-hmm. Reese's Pieces saw a 65% increase in sales within months of being the on in the movie. And we still have them today because of E.T. And they didn't go out of business. So Reese's Pieces, my goat. Mm. And, M- and, and, and I think I need to say it like this. Reese's Pieces, not M&M's. It's my goat. Mm. What about you? Reese's Pieces or M&M's? Which one do you choose? Golly, that's tough. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in, as crazy as that sounds. Sometimes I'm in a Reese's mood, and lately I've been in a Reese's mood, but maybe I need to chill out on the Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it's all Reese's over there. Yeah. Um, but I do love M&M's. I don't, I'm peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's. Peanut yeah, those M&M's. are good. Regular M&M's or Reese's, I'm choosing the pieces, but peanut head-to-head, I'm mm. choosing the peanut. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure M&M's. There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. 
Ooh. has ever blown. And wow, there's a tagline right there. <laughs> Straight yes. out of straight out of the show. Where so you obviously spend a lot of time digging and finding great content. Mm. Is this something that you knew for before the show? Is this I something did. you did? But I think because we do the show now, as I hear certain things or think back on certain things, or even in my own life as stories come up, I think you know, that's something I want to share. And this well, was this was one of them. I think that story is a perfect story about what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. Why and how. We miss some opportunities and take others. The why and the how of that story, that's the takeaway for the listener, is what? I, I'm not sure yet. Maybe but it'll come out. But, but here's what I was thinking that I was going to say from when you started to ask that question is who in the boardroom at M&M's said, no, let's not do that. I mean, hopefully that guy got fired. Hopefully that guy got fired, (laughs) but, but it, but it leads the question and maybe we can come back to what you just shared, but like, but why, why didn't M&M's take the opportunity? Like what keeps I think it was the stage of business. I think they were on the success track and they thought, I don't need help. That was below them. I don't need help. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get that. Sometimes you get that overbearing confidence and you, I mean, there's tons of people I talk to on a daily basis, and I'm sure you do too, that uh, don't think they need a better software. They don't think they need, mm. you know, a coach. They don't think they need any help. They got it figured out. They're not willing to meet new suppliers. Maybe they buy trees from somebody in McMinnville, and they think, ah, McMinnville's the nursery cap of the world. I'm not buying from anybody else. They already got it figured out. So it sounds like to me, Eminem just thought they had it figured out. Had a well-established <clears throat> brand. Yeah. You know, this is not the first time in history that – that someone shows to pass on an opportunity. It's happened several times. I've got several to share with here. you, and these are all of my goats. It first starts with Thomas Edison, 1873. I had to write that down. I'm not good on I'm good on names and stories, but years are tough for me. 1873. Geography's tough too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Light bulb. Light bulb. British. The British said it was an okay idea. Mm. Uh, but it was not, I wrote this down, it was unworthy of practical or scientific men send it across the sea. And they did, and obviously uh, we're here. Like, under, what was their plan? Under, just keep using think, candles? I think so. Either that or gas wow. lanterns. Western Union passed on the telephone. Mm. Graham Bell said, here it is. Here's the telephone. They said, no. 2014. The number of telephones surpassed the number of people in the world. Wow. Alexander Graham Bell wow. passed on that. I like that stuff. Missed opportunities. Why we take some and don't get others. Decca Records passed on this group that you may have heard of called the Beatles. Mm. So they're a bunch of misfits. They can't spell the word Beatles right. Tyler, have you heard of them? You've heard of them, yes. What's your favorite Beatles song? I don't know. <laughs> always, Tyler, whenever you get asked that, always go with just say, love me do. That's it. Just remember those three words. It'll be good. 1975, Kodak. There was a guy, Kodak, last name, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but Sasson or Sasson, mm. depending on where you're from. He said, hey, here's what I think the future of uh, film looks like, photography looks like. And they were so threatened by... Uh, the digital camera against their core product, they said, we're not going to do it. Five years later, it becomes the standard. You know, that's a great example of not disrupting your own company. We've got to disrupt our own company Mm -hmm. in order to evolve. Blockbuster. I was going to say Blockbuster. 2000. 
God, I love Blockbuster. I mean, how many times did you go? How big? Tyler, Carl. Zero. No, I remember that. Carl, I mean, wasn't it a big night if you go to Blockbuster and you walk up and down the aisles? And uh, what did you always get right before you checked out the box of? Reese's. Reese's? <laughs> He's with that me. That makes sense. He's with I me. I got a bunch of crunch. <laughs> bunch of crunch. <laughs> <laughs> How to go after school on a Friday night to Blockbuster. Oh, was a big was. deal. And the new movie being in stock. Yes. And then you, and oh, it's out of stock. <laughs> yeah. Ali, I can't get it. I got to wait till next week. <laughs> and then you have that, they laminate that card for you and you'd put it in your wallet. And you oh, felt yeah. like you're the first yes. time I have a card. Yes. I'm important. Remember I'm the machines that they had put oh, the yeah. tapes in to rewind it? Yeah. Be kind. But going, going back to your disrupting, I mean, they were successful. They had it figured out. Yeah. Well, they didn't want anything to change that. Well, I mean. and all those things that I think about, and to your point about why, why do some take chances on others and pass on, on others, is risk. But in, in 2000, uh, Netflix was going under. And I guess push technology, streaming technology, wasn't where it needed to be. And they said, will you buy the company for $60 million? And they said, no, we'll pass. And we know what Netflix looks yeah. like today. I mean, it's there's social uh, slang that's used for Netflix and chill. That's what the young kids say today. I don't know say. what it means, but that's what We're the, not going to talk about it on this show. I, I read this quote yesterday, and I think this really helped me identify this question or, or connect with. And it's from somebody I never knew, but apparently she is a she's a dance choreographer and compared to Picasso and Frank Lloyd Wright. So, I mean, this lady's big time in her, in her field, and she said this perfectly, I thought, when it comes to this conversation. There is a vitality a life force and energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly to keep the channel open. And I thought how she said that was so fitting for this conversation. So many times as I think about doing certain things, this very podcast, I thought, uh, what if it's not good? What if yeah. I can't do it, right? What if I'm not, you know, that's exactly what, what know, she says. Not it's not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it will compare with other expressions. Mm. But she describes it perfectly. That's why we miss certain opportunities. Fear and exactly how Martha Graham describes it. Yeah, say those last three things again because there's the why. What are the three things? Comparing it to others. It's not your business to determine how good it is. How good it is. How valuable mm -hmm. it will be or how it compares with others. Okay, this is not rehearsed. Uh, this was not planned. Probably should be. and We need to be better at it. But Maybe not. what I've learned in all the opportunities that I've had in my life. And I think you're a great example. You're a great example. Uh, I'm certainly a great example is in every stage of life, you start at the bottom and you work your way up. Mm. Every idea you've ever had in your head, every idea you've decided to go execute on, every sports team that you ever played on, in eighth grade, my, my dad, Wayne Williams, made me go out and play with the ninth graders. In seventh grade, he made me play with the eighth graders. In eighth grade, I got my head beat in. In ninth grade, I got my head beat in. In tenth grade, I didn't get my head beat in anymore. In eleventh grade, I started to start play and, and make an impact. In twelfth grade, I, I thrived and survived mm. senior year. So I, I think opportunity is part of it. 
is knowing that you're starting at the bottom and continuing to work your way up. Well, the same thing is true in business, right? Where you started mm-hmm. 10 years ago versus where you are today is night and day. Where you started 18 months ago mm-hmm. versus today is night and day. So part of this is this understanding, I think, of the stages of life of you're going to start at the bottom in any opportunity. Yeah. And then you've got to decide how far you're willing to take those steps and the relationships and people that you meet along the way. Are you are they willing are they willing to invest in you? Or are you are you willing to invest in them? It, it makes me wonder when about what Tyler said earlier, and I appreciate you saying that around because I struggled as I thought through this episode and and <laughs> what to share. I mean, how do you know when you miss opportunities? But it's made me wonder as I think back as it relates to business. How many opportunities I missed with people or to work with a new client or or a connection is really what I wanted to say. Yeah. And I wrote it like this. I think the biggest misses are the ones that creates deficits in connection. And I whether it was mm. through my own arrogance or pride, you know, being able to hold on to certain things until somebody hired me and not just being high intent, abundant, leaning into connection and relationships from a business perspective or relationships in general. I think I create deficits and those are the ones that deficits in relationships where I miss the biggest opportunities. Or you feel like you have. Yeah. It takes me, and just another personal example for me, because as, as we talk about what we've missed, I think about my relationship with my dad and taking it a, a bit deeper here, peel the, the onion back a bit, which was never good for me. And so I always love, Tyler, when you share about your relationship with your dad. But I think about how I want my relationship with my three boys and my daughter, but specifically my boys, to look very different. And so one of the things that I do, uh, we, I have certain stages, I won't talk through all of them here, but of initiation in their life. But one of those is when they turn 13. And I take them on a trip, just the oh, two of us. And uh, so Ross turns 13 uh, next week. So our trip is to Colorado because Ross wanted to go somewhere. It's interesting with Ross, who's, who is our, our middle son. And the things that really help him come alive are the things that slow him down, which is so fascinating because he's like 90 miles an hour all the time. Fishing, golf, he loves, and they all slow him down. So we're going to Colorado, and we're going to stay in the middle of the Continental Divide. They've just got 13 inches of snow. We're going to snowmobile. We're going to fish in the Colorado River, fly fish, which I've never done that in my life before. Hmm. But I imagine that's the epic center to do it. Anyways, all that to say. Where did J.D. go? Just curious. So he's a baseball nut. When yeah. he turned 13, Tyler, you'll like this. We I gave him a book called Home Run Life, and it talks about life is designed to run the bases the right way. Mm-hmm. Right, because once you're past T-ball, running to third after you hit the ball is not that fun anymore. <laughs> right, um, so we know. flew to New York. We went to a Yankees game. Then we drove to Cooperstown to go to the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and then we circled through Niagara Falls because we were close. And then drove, uh, flew home the next day. So that was his his Initi- deal. Initiations. Yeah, but I thought you know that's a way for me to seize that opportunity that I missed out on. Because I don't want to miss it. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure I mess up the boys and our relationship in a lot of ways. But and that's not one of them. back to your quote, too. Yeah. Right? About the connection. Mm. You know, about five to seven years ago, 
through another relationship, I met a guy named Keith Grabowski. And um, one of the most interesting guys that I've ever met uh, started a company called Coach's Edge Technologies. Okay. And when I met him, this has been five to seven years ago. The, the, the irony of Coach's Edge Technologies is we're on the plane heading out to California to talk to this guy that has a publishing company to look at possibly buying it. And he publishes content around coaching, coaching material. And I said, well, you realize that the publishing industry is going to be completely disrupted as podcasts continue to evolve. And he said, I don't even know what a podcast is. This is five to seven years ago. Today, Keith Grabowski has 5 million downloads on his podcast, um, Coach Coordinator, the Coach Coordinator podcast. And it took two years to get to a million and another two years to get to 5 million. And on my way wow. down here, thinking about how I missed that opportunity and how we missed that opportunity, the guy was, the guy was unreasonable that we went and met out in California. He, he, the, the relationship wasn't going to work. But Keith called me and said, I'm now in a place and I'm ready for you to put personal branding together for coaches as part of what we offer with the podcast and CoachTube because they need a lot of help to do that. I think that speaks exactly to everything that we've talked about today mm. is why we miss some opportunities. One of the things that I've always believed in my life and has happened to me is that you're not ready until you're ready. Yeah. And yeah, that's I've shared about that before. Yeah, and that's just a moment in time where you know that. So to foreshadow of, of what's coming with all the Christmas anxiety that I'm feeling in my life as we start to approach that season, then to come in here and make sure you deliver on the mail here to have a conversation with somebody that called me. Very, he texted me and he said, you doing okay? Just checking in with you because that's what we do with each other. And, uh, and at, at 48 in that stage of life, you okay? You doing okay? You going to make it? And, and so I said, yes, but I'm driving, call me. And so we had that conversation and I said, this is, a, this is exactly what I needed for the podcast today. Yeah. So thank it, you for and that. You have to, I think we can talk about how do we know how we not miss? Here's how we know. And I'm not sure we ever do. Right. I mean, certain things you could point out, M&M's blew it, right? They created that deficit. They missed out on millions of impressions, they missed out on putting Reese's Pieces out of business, probably. I mean, we can make up all that. But <clears throat> Reese's Pieces were intentional. They were vulnerable. They were going out of business and said, we'll give you a million dollars. They were risky. Risk. Right? Yeah. And they went after it intentionally in a vulnerable way. That's what, they, that's what get, we do to make I sure we don't miss. I think to that point, you kind of think about waking up every day starving. And you need to think about... You need to think about you're in, even if you're ultra successful and where you're at right now, you still need to wake up like you're starving. Mm. Because if you don't, Create you get complacent. Yeah. Somebody's going to, somebody else is starving out there. Speaking of starting at the bottom, somebody else is starving and they want what you have and they're willing to do whatever it takes. If you get up at seven o'clock in the morning and they're getting up at four, they got an edge already. And eventually, yeah. eventually they can pass you. Two hours extra turns into one month of opportunity. That's right. It's an unbelievable stat. Do it the math. A, it works, people. It is a good. Did you tell me that or did you tell me that? I think this guy. Your guy. 
Oh, you're so good. They call him Tyler at the playground. <laughs> at the playground. <laughs> at the playground, they call him Tyler. Well, hey, the, 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 the ride to work and the ride home has been fast. Uh, I want to thank John for coming up with the great topic today, Tyler for, for sharing his insights, and Carl for uh, always putting together a, a show that uh, is crisp and tight. I hear from everybody. They talk about great sound, great video, great conversation. Except for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're past that one. <laughs> missed, missed opportunities. We, we could have walked walk, Look at these coffee. We could have walked out right there. For, for John Byers and for Tyler Burnett and for Carl producing us right here in Pod to Studio One with his new set of coffee cups for Christmas, I'm Colby Jubenville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Um. <laughs>